Welcome to this Texas Sports Nation podcast. I'm John McLean. I can be reached at McLean underscore on underscore NFL. And I'm Brooks Cabina, and you can find me at B-K-U-B-E-N-A. Brooks, I can't tell you after 14 and a half months of dealing with Deshaun Watson, I'm so glad that Nick Casario finally pulled off the trade. I'm shocked he went to Cleveland, but one thing it showed was what we always know. It's always about the money, $230 million guaranteed. Were you as surprised as I was that it was the Browns, considering they were the first team eliminated? Yes, I was. Um, I mean, everybody at that point came down to the Falcons and the Saints, two teams that were uh, part of, of – of you know, really what Deshaun Watson seemed to be comfortable with. I mean, he was from Georgia and all that situation. But, yeah, I mean, the the contract was a bit shocking. Um, you know, he already had a big one, um, the the extension he got with the Texans. And uh, for the Browns to come back with $230 million fully guaranteed, no other player in history in the NFL, um, no, no player who's, you know, in the Hall of Fame, any player who, you know, has – a, a clean record of n- no legal uh, proceedings hasn't gotten that before. So, you know, that was, that was a bit shocking to see and to see that it, um, you know, made the difference. Um, you know, that's, that makes sense. I mean, it's something where, um, you know, if he's weighing all his options, using wielding his no trade clause, he's going to try and get the best deal he can. Um, and it was a bit of an arms race to land Watson. So that's, the result of all that. So, um, you know, the Browns released their statement yesterday saying that they had done their full due diligence and a lot of investigation. And, you know, I spoke with Tony Busby, the attorney who represents the women and no, no NFL team. So that includes the Falcons and the saints and anyone else, you know, didn't reach out to their side. So, um, you know, we'll find out what due diligence is to know not only how they looked into it, but also, to give someone $230 million fully guaranteed is a risk as well. So a lot of things revolve around that. Um, So we'll see. It was interesting. I actually just, there was a story that came out, Jason Lloyd of the athletic, you know, wrote about the process of what happened between Deshaun Watson and the Browns. And um, in in his reporting, he said that the Browns didn't meet with Tony Busby for the fear that their interest would become public. Um, But they did talk to, the three female attorneys associated with Harden's defense team. Rusty Harden represents Deshaun Watson. So uh, more information coming out on that. The Browns are now going to have to deal with Watson, who's a you know three-time pro bowler, but also carries uh, the ongoing 22 civil litigation that's still going. So um, you know we'll see how that unfolds for them in Cleveland. I've seen several national narratives being pushed. One, that he did it, he changed his mind and called the Browns because he wanted to win a Super Bowl. The other one is that after he ruled out the Browns first and Baker Mayfield went public with ESPN that he wanted to be traded, and Mayfield's a pain behind the scenes anyway, the Browns said, well, this is going to get worse. What can we do to get back into the Watson sweepstakes? And they said guaranteed money because uh, Carolina wouldn't guarantee the last two years. So when they offered the biggest guarantee in history, then that got his attention. And I don't buy for a second that he called him back because he wanted to win a Super Bowl. I think he agreed to go there for the most money and the fact they do have the best chance. I don't know that it 
gives him the best chance to win a Super Bowl in the AFC. In all my decades of covering the NFL, I've never seen one conference so lopsided over the other at this time of the offseason. So if he wanted the best chance to go to the Super Bowl, he probably should have gone to the Saints, even though Dennis Allen bombed out in his first chance to be head coach. Now, maybe he'll succeed with the Saints. But uh, it's amazing, all those things. And as far as Tony Busby, once it came public, once it became public that the Browns were one of the four teams, you'd think they would have tried to get in touch with Busby instead of just hearing what they wanted to hear from Watson's side. And uh, I'm, I'm, there's a, another narrative out there, Brooks. So tell me what you think about this. All these nincompoops are trying to say that Casario could have gotten a better deal. And I'm thinking, well, how could you get a better deal when Watson controlled everything? Carolina could have offered five number ones, and if Watson said no, Nick Casario couldn't have pulled off that trade. What do you think about the people that are acting like Casario got a bad deal? Well, I I, I don't know about the people, but you know, asking um, Nick Casario about it on Saturday about the process, he said that uh, you know there was in, in dealing with the no trade clause, and I asked him about that. He said, well, when when there were all the teams, he basically created a threshold to where there would be a realistic conversation, basically, you know, and he said that the three first round picks were something that he was always looking for. And the rest was a little bit of speculation. I, I think there was times where he was definitely looking for more than what he had, but you know, last year and throughout the process, whenever it comes down to whittling down to what was five teams and then the Colts get eliminated and then you're down to four, um, you know, you take what you can. What I was interested in asking also was like, was there a point where he was thinking about, holding on to him for another year um, to if he didn't think he was getting the the yielding um, picks and uh, return that he wanted. And he's, he didn't really answer that. He, he was more like, I did what's best for the team and the situation. And just reading into that, I mean, he didn't say it with his own words, but it seems like if you get three first-round picks and you get a couple other picks and you're able to move on from the situation, that's more valuable in some ways than waiting for next year and possibly getting some second round picks or maybe some players. So they move on. They're able to get uh, more picks in this draft and, and, and start what's really going to be the first full um, asset allocation of their rebuild. So if they had held on to them for another year, you're not getting those players in the draft. They're not getting added to the roster immediately. And that adds another year um, of this news cycle. So, um, you know, there's there's a lot of things that play on that decision. It's still the largest trade of any quarterback in history. And um, except, you know, n- this has never happened really before. A guy in his prime at 26 years old um, uh, being traded at this point. But three first-round picks, we'll see how it goes. The Browns, um, you know, are at 13. So they have three, 13. Let's see what, what they do with it. Um, I don't think the trade market for these draft picks is very high because we have, you know, we have three teams in the NFL who have two picks within the top thirteen. So I don't think there's going to be much, um, much price tags available with that. Um, um, and you, I, I think they'll probably end up taking two players, um, but we'll see how they how they eventually use the picks that they got. If Nick Casario had thought the best course of action was to make him sit another season, the McNairs would have grudgingly paid him. 35 million like they paid him 10.54 
But him sitting out two seasons it would have brought less than they could have gotten now. And people are talking about the Herschel Walker trade being for three ones. No. When Herschel Walker was initially traded, there was one one. And Jimmy Johnson could not announce in 1989 that if he cut the other players, he could get draft choices for them. And then when he cut uh, a bunch of players, he ended up with three ones. But in the initial trade, it was not for three first-round picks. And you're right about being able to use the first-round pick this year, 13th overall. If he was going to Cleveland, maybe next year, the pick wouldn't have been so high for whatever team they got. Last year, Casario asked for three ones, two twos, and a defensive starter. And ultimately, he was. And when there was eight teams interested in him before the lawsuits piled up, and he ended up, he was going to accept three ones, a three and a five, and he ended from Miami. Then he ended up getting three ones, a three and a four. Under the circumstances of being handcuffed with one hand behind, behind under the circumstances of being handcuffed with one hand behind your back, I thought Casario did a terrific job because Watson could have vetoed anything with that no trade clause. And I know this, Cal McNair will never have another no trade clause in his contract because of all the problems this caused them. And David Mulligetta, Watson's agent from Athletes First, I never thought anything about that no trade clause because Watson was going to be here for another 10 to 15 years. And Jack Easterby and Bill O'Brien approved that. And I can't fault them for that. I couldn't fault them for that at the time because nobody ever thought this was going to happen. And But, of course, it did. And I think it's going to make a lot of teams think twice about giving a no-trade clause, make it company policy that they won't do it. And uh, But I know the Texans are ready to move on. And even though they won't publicly make a big deal out of Davis Mills, everybody from Cal McNair, Nick Casario, Lovey Smith and Pep Hamilton knows that Davis Mills is going to be their quarterback. What do you think about Kyle Allen as the backup? That didn't impress me at all. I was wishing if you could get Case Keenum for a seven, get Case Keenum, but the Browns traded him to Buffalo. Uh, what do you think about their quarterback room right now? Well, it shows that Davis Mills is their quarterback, really. That's how it read to me. Um, there isn't anybody that they've picked up yet that really will compete for that job. Um, you know, I was surprised they didn't make a run at a, a player maybe like Jacoby Brissett, someone who had some veteran qualities to him who might be able to help him in the building. And, you know, Brissett's another person that, you know, has some Nick Casario ties, helped draft him in New England. So, um, I mean, Kyle Allen has been in the league for a bit. Um, he could help in a backup situation, but that's really my read on it. Like if they're, if they want to put it in a situation where, uh, have a competition in camp and if they want to talk like they haven't committed to Davis Mills. And Nick Casario uh, said that again on Saturday, Was didn't really give him the, the you know, he didn't say that he was their starter. And Lovey Smith has kind of walked back on some of the things he said nationally. If, if they want to play it like he is uh, still competing for a job and they want him to still feel like he's competing, then they need to bring someone in who's going to do that. Um, and I don't really see when they have so many needs across their depth chart, when they go into the draft with all of these, that they would spend it on a quarterback. I just, especially with how down the quarterbacks are this year. So um, are they done yet in acquiring free agents? I mean, would they spend the money that they have remaining on a quarterback? Just with all the other things that they need right now. Um, it's, it's just interesting to me that, you know, the, you know, the way they talk about it, the rhetoric is still very much, um, 
you know, you, you hear it in, in college camps too, where they're like, you know, we we'll see, we'll have a three man battle for quarterback. We'll, we'll name our starter week one. I mean, Davis Mills is the quarterback right now. There's no one else on the team that really can compete him for that. If they add that through the draft, you know, you, you almost wonder if they could find it elsewhere on the team for that need. Uh, but right now, Davis Mills is their quarterback. History shows it's stupid to have two young quarterbacks competing because the first time that the starter messes up, everybody demands the other young player play. You're always better off with a young guy and a veteran to back him up and support him like they had with Tyrod Taylor. And good for Tyrod to get to go to the Giants. His agent is making him a lot of money, four teams and four years. That shows how smart he is to be able to learn all those systems. Kyle Allen did beat the Texans when uh, uh, Sean Watson had the worst game of his career. So, uh, But I remember him going back to University of Houston, and he was so highly touted when he left high school, but he's never seemed to live up to it. But that's what Nick Casario and Pep Hamilton wanted. And uh, I go back to what Lovey Smith told me. He said, I told Nick, there's certain positions we need help on, and quarterback is not one of them. I believe in Davis because Pep believes in Davis. And with Pep's track record, who wouldn't believe in that? But, you know, if Mills doesn't work out this next season, there will be uh, supposed to be two underclassmen. It could be the first and second picks, Bryce Young and, C- and C.J. Stroud uh, from Alabama and Ohio State. And I don't think the Texans are going to set the world on fire next season. But uh, it's interesting. Where do you think Baker Mayfield is going to end up? Well, I don't I don't think he's a it, – it's interesting. I don't – you have all these other teams that now need quarterbacks too, the ones that have been uh, trading them off. Um, you know, you think about the Colts being the, one of the number one teams that are looking for quarterbacks. And I wonder what the market is right now. Does the price still remain high uh, after Watson's been moved, after, um, you know, Russell Wilson's been moved? Um, do they have to pay a high rate to get a guy like Baker Mayfield? Uh, because I, it, it seems like a team could get a pretty good deal on Baker because Cleveland has now Deshaun Watson and Baker Mayfield, so they're going to have to get rid of him. So it almost seems like you'd be able to get him for a lower price than you maybe would if they were trying to deal him separately. So um, maybe the Colts want to try and get that done. Maybe you know there are other teams that might want to go ahead and give this a shot. Maybe if the Falcons are still working out things with Matt Ryan and then like they move on from him, maybe they can bring him in for, you know, a, a, a cheap price, I relatively cheap price. I, I'm just thinking about the market there with uh, how they need to get rid of him. But um, it also might influence how people are able to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I wonder how the 49ers feel right now that maybe have they waited too long or they, are they, you know, are they in this situation where, you know, now they're not going to get as much of a return. They just keep them on the roster. Um, it'll be interesting because there's nothing, um, you know, maybe they want to hold on to him for next year. And then whenever there's a bunch of quarterbacks in the draft and people need him, maybe it gets driven down more. So I don't know, like I, it could be a situation I, I think where the Colts are ultimately the number one team that need a quarterback right now and can make a move. Jimmy G and Baker Mayfield are ones that make sense, but I don't see Baker Mayfield going to the Colts because they just got rid of, you know, of, of Carson Wentz, who I think is about the same level. If you look at their numbers and the, the way that they played um, in postseason and up to the postseason. Um, so I don't I don't know if they would want to go into that situation if they they moved on from a guy in order to go to someone who's pretty much the same. So 
I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how that works out for them. Um, you know, it's it'll be interesting. Uh, and it, I, I think there are plenty of teams. I, I'm, I'm just interested how the market's going to play out now. Brooks, if I'm a quarterback like Baker Mayfield, I don't want to go to Indy, even though they have Jonathan Taylor and a great line. I want to go to Seattle and throw to DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, newly acquired tight end Noah Fant, who was a number one pick in 2019, had almost 70 catches last season, and they re-signed running back Rashad Penny, who averaged 132 yards rushing over the last five games. And during that period, he was the only back who uh, who was Jonathan Taylor had more yards than, and so they could have a prolific offense. And there's a lot of national people talking about how much they really are serious about Drew Lockett. I'll believe it when I see it. Now, I'm John McLean. You can reach me at McLean underscore on underscore NFL. And I'm Brooks Cabana. You can find me at B-K-U-B-E-N-A. Brooks, thank you very much. Thanks, everybody, to, for listening reading and watching and Brooks and I will continue to have stories uh, even though Deshaun Watson is gone. Thank you.